Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, Coach Jay here. In this week's show, Shruti and I talk about emotions. First, I give you a little update on my little setback last week, which definitely stirred up some emotions. Hope you enjoy this show. Hey there, it's Coach Jay from the Power Shift Mindset Podcast. As we cover topics on the podcast that cover all aspects of health, I wanted to tell you more about my personal coaching page, BeMotivation.com. With over 20 years of coaching, I'm proud to now offer personal training. This includes personalized workout programs with video call check-ins weekly. And if you're in Central Connecticut, I can travel to you for one-on-one training. As an ISSA certified personal trainer who absolutely loves coaching, I'll help you achieve your physical health goals. Please check out BeamMotivation.com. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. I'm here again with Trudy. And today we're talking about emotions. And as those of you that have heard the previous couple podcasts and, and short ones that we put up and checked out the Instagram page, obviously I've had a couple emotional weeks and I'm just going to give you a quick update on that. Today I did have a follow-up with my cardiologist and everything looks good from the procedure. Um, I did end up having a stent put in for a blockage that was 99.5% blocked and the procedure went well. A little soreness in the wrist where they went in with the catheter and uh, other than that physically I feel good. Emotionally it, it was a roller coaster, and uh, we'll get into that more. And overall, Shruti, what do you do to keep your emotions in check on a daily basis, not when there's extremes like I went through this past couple of weeks? Uh, well, I've talked about this in other podcasts before, and usually what I do when I wake up is say, you know, a mantra of gratitude, what I'm grateful for. That's how I start off my day every day, even in, if I'm cranky when I wake up. And then if I'm cranky throughout the day, I'll go back to that because I feel that's what lifts my vibration. But what's interesting is I was actually having a conversation with someone for the magazine and this actress, she was saying how she hadn't worked during COVID because everything was shut down. And she said, you know, she went to her doctor, she was feeling like low on energy. And he tells her, you know, I think you're I think you're depressed. And she's like, what? No, like no way. But the truth was, she's like, yeah, I was. And I think we have to check in. And this is what we talked about. We have to check in with our emotions without judgment. So if you're feeling a certain way, like if you're feeling maybe sensitive or you're feeling down, instead of saying to yourself, oh, here we go again. This is how I feel. Like what's wrong with me? Instead, say, you know what? Okay, let me check in here. I'm feeling anxious. Mm, Why am I feeling anxious? So ask yourself questions instead of coming at it from judgment or a closed statement. Well, you you mentioned the judgment thing, and we've talked about mental health, and and the emotions would obviously go more with an emotional health than, than mental health. But for some reason, society is judgmental about that. If, if you go to the cardiologist for a heart issue, no one thinks anything of it. It's like, Oh, I hope everything's okay. Go. If you go to the dentist to have a tooth pulled an extreme beyond just a cleaning, no one thinks anything of it. Okay, good. You got that taken care of. But whenever you mention mental health or emotional health, for some reason, there is that stigmatism to it. And on an individual level, 
if you can accept that, that it's normal to have the sway and emotions and, and don't put yourself down for it. It's easier to, to control them and, and have a little control of the extremes in both directions. Right. And the thing is though, even though there's a stigma on it, even though people who appear, they could be rich, they could be successful, they could be famous. They could have never had, you know, like a mental health quote unquote issue where they were prescribed to something they would be lying if they were like, yeah, I've never been through depression or this or felt down. There's no single person in the world that has not dealt with that, whether they admit it or not. And if they say they haven't, they're clearly lying to you, to your face. And it's just something I think people get, some people get uncomfortable with expressing because it makes them feel weak. But I think that what makes us connect with each other more is what is relatable and not everything is sunshine and rainbows all the time. And that's okay. Right. No, it's definitely, definitely a case where it's, it's not always good things. And I think people point out the extreme emotions when it is on the negative side, the sad side, as opposed to there's extremes on, on the happy side. I mean, we went yeah. through, we went through them in my family and, and, 24 hours. My, uh, my grandmother had passed away and we just did a one day service, not the separate wake and funeral. And that was on Wednesday. And then my older son was born on Thursday. So I mean, my father that came from out of state, we came in and Wednesday was the funeral and then Thursday was a birth. So when you talk about within a 24 hour swing, I mean, morning to celebrating, it was, yeah. uh, and there's the extreme of the emotions and, and being able to overlap them. But yeah, I, what do you think, do, Jay, when you are feeling a certain way, whether it's happy, whether it's sad, whether it's angry, what do you do when you feel a specific emotion and maybe you feel uncomfortable with it? I have a few go-to friends that I can talk to. Otherwise, I mean, it's, I mean, people on the podcast can't, can't see it, <laughs> but I'm pointing to my back wall with all my guitars and my instruments and I'll come in. Sometimes it's coming in here with basically just a nightlight and grabbing the acoustic and closing my eyes and just finger picking through something. And other times it's throwing Iron Maiden onto YouTube and sitting behind the drum set. So it can be extremes. And, and it's not that one is the happy and one is the sad. It's, it's just music is where I, I can express myself, even if it's just for myself. Um, I, yeah, I that's a great outlet. So it's therapeutic for you. And that's something you're passionate about. So why not turn to something that creatively fulfills you or makes you feel good when you're feeling a certain way? Because when you're most vulnerable, I think you can create wonderful things too. A lot of, there's a lot of actors actually that I've heard. I remember this one guy, his name was Kevin. He was this actor and he was telling us his story about how he had just like broken up with his girlfriend or he had just found out that she had cheated on him and he was going into an audition which was like a similar situation to his real life and he booked that role like right after they called him they're like you got it this role is cast for you so that vulnerability obviously as painful as that experience was kind of fueled him in his creativity and made him book that job it's sometimes you need to jump into something like that. My, my father was in the military and I've heard stories and he's talked about it where you get a, a bunch of uh, soldiers or troops that jump out of an airplane and one guy's chute doesn't open. Obviously he doesn't live. They'll take that, that crew, 
literally throw them into a plane immediately and say, listen, we're jumping again, because if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. So kind of like taking that, that emotion that his personal emotions and put it into the role. Sometimes you have to just jump into it right at that moment. Even if you don't feel like you have the strength, because if you don't do it, you might not be able to pull up that strength again in the future. Yeah. And also I, I think we're less in our heads when we're in a place of vulnerability. So when you're taking that jump, you're like, no, I don't want to, you're, you're feeling vulnerable, but when you actually do it, you feel something after it's this like surge of energy, even though you could be like scared or angry or whatever it is, you are present in that moment and you're taking a leap. I, I saw it with my son on, on a physical injury. He had a mountain biking accident where he fell off a bridge and separated his uh, AC joint in his shoulder. And when he finally recovered and healed, trying to get him back onto a bike was very emotional. I eventually got him to get onto a road bike and we went for a ride and he made a, a nearly 10 mile ride, no problem. But then getting back onto the mountain bike, onto trails, uneven ground actually going over a bridge again that didn't have rails on it. Um, you can see the emotions and, and the nerves there. And uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to push through them. Uh, emotions can definitely be strong. Uh, I know going back to last week with, with the news that I got, uh, I had mentioned on the, the last short back and forth we did that I got both my parents onto the phone at the same time. Uh, parents are divorced and I just, I was so emotional. I couldn't tell the story over and over again, especially that new, I I put a quick video on Instagram today where I can talk about it now. No problem. Uh, A little choked up here and there, but not like that first week where I could barely get through talking about it multiple times. I had someone that reached out to me today and she kind of joked that she was mad at me that I didn't say anything. And I, I didn't say it directly to many people just because in that first week, every time I said it, it, it choked me up. Uh, and, and it was yeah. tough. And I know going back to like looking into yourself and, and feeling ashamed for emotions and stuff like that. It's not anything I did to myself uh, to, to create the physical problems I had that stirred up the emotions, but we still do just break down when, when something like that's going on and, and there's no shame in emotions. And I know the stereotype is guys have to be tough and, and not show their emotions. And I mean, tough guys don't cry and that whole thing that you see, but I think it's, I think humans just need to be humans, you know, regardless of their sex. I I agree. And I think, I think it takes more strength to show your emotions. And if you have that, that friend or two, and obviously beyond that, if you're really emotional or, or on the mental side, obviously professional help, go to your therapist and a counselor. Uh, but even to have that friend that you can open up to a hundred percent and share everything with just someone to lean on and be able to, to actually voice it and not just say it in your head or write it down in a journal, but to actually say something to someone else, it, it is a big thing and a big help. Uh, personally, I, I feel that way that if you have that person to talk to, it, it definitely helps. Oh yeah, it definitely helps. And also someone you feel completely safe to be like whatever you're feeling with. So you know that they're not going to come at you with judgment because we all feel emotions. We all feel scared. We all feel, you know, even after this whole experience with COVID or something you've had, there's some sort of trauma that comes along with that. And the only way to get through it is to 
talk about it and also be aware of it. I think when some uncomfortable emotions come up, we tend to shut them out. We're like, oh, I don't want to feel that way. No, I'm just going to ignore it. And that, in my opinion, is not healthy because you're going to get into another situation where you're going to be triggered by a similar emotion. And because you keep shutting it out, it's going to unconsciously come to you over and over again until you're like, okay, I got to check in. How am I feeling? Okay, why am I feeling this way? What do I want to feel instead? Because if we keep sweeping things under the rug, they're just, it's going to make us feel disconnected. And also, you're just never going to face something head on. And that's, that's not going to be, how do I say this? How are you going to grow and evolve if you don't face things head on, which are uncomfortable within yourself? Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's good to like get that support and, and face things. Like one thing that I did um, now with Facebook, you have all the different groups out there. I mean, you have groups for anything, whether it's acting or, or archery, but then you have the more serious groups where there's a support group for cardiac patients. So yeah. I went in that and I mean, kind of like the whole face your fears and type thing. And I went in, did my, uh, my little write up about what I'm going through and people chimed in and, oh yeah, I just had my second or I just had my third or I, yeah, I had a stent this many years ago. And then five years later had my heart attack and, and just went on. So that stirred up more emotions, which I had asked the doctor about that, like all these people mentioning their second or third or fourth procedure that they had to go through. And so it's like, I'm just dealing with the first one and all the feedback is like, great. Do I have a second and a third and a fourth one to look forward to? And obviously we're doing what we can to prolong that. And she said, if I had to say, yeah, at some point you will, let's hope it happens in your sixties or seventies or eighties, or if we do everything right, maybe it doesn't happen. Um, But then talking to my mother who's had issues, she had a kidney transplant years ago, has other health issues. She's gone into support groups as well like that and eventually had to remove herself from it because as much as you're looking for the support and the information, sometimes it'll stir up two emotions and too many emotions. And you do need to pull yourself out and know when, how much you can take. And even though it's good for you to get all the information, sometimes even the information you need might stir up too much and you, you have to slow it down and what you're taking in. Right. So you, you can overthink it if it's too much coming at you. I, I think it's obviously important to go to a doctor because they have medical experience. But at the same time, I also feel that we know more than we think. I think we shut down that inner voice in us when something feels wrong. So maybe you're like, oh, I'm feeling this way, but the doctor says something and it doesn't completely resonate with you. You're like, no, I think it's something else. Yeah, it could be that too, but there's something else. So I think we got to check in with ourselves because nobody outside of you knows you better than yourself. So if your body rejects something, for example, if you're eating something and you're like, "Mm, I think I'm allergic to this. And you go to the doctor and he's like, no, I don't think you're allergic to that. But then you keep having that reaction. What does that tell you? Your first instinct was, I think I'm allergic to this, or I think I'm having a reaction to this, but your doctor said something else. Yes, they're knowledgeable, but that doesn't mean that they can be super right about everything because you know your own body better than anyone, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's, and, and even science can have a mistake here and there. And I, I mean, like talking to, to the cardiologist today, I went to one last week 
And then another one did the procedure. So my follow-up was with the woman that did the procedure. And when I was talking about doing the three month checkup, she said, yeah, you can, you'll see Dr. Cat. I said, or here she said, Oh, I just don't like to take his patients. I said, well, I'm not really his patient. I only saw him once when the ER doctor referred and like talking to my mother, she said, all these doctors bounce things off. No one doctor knows everything. So they're always sharing each other's brain and each other's information. And, and that's why when you go to a lot of these practices, they have the team of doctors. I mean, just same thing. Not anyone, not anyone trainer is going to get you into the best shape. Not anyone one counselor is going to give you all the information or one coach. Um, you, you got to get the information from different people, the support from different people. Um, but just keeping, keeping things in check, it's not always easy. Like I said, this, this past week. And I mean, at this point, it's kind of, I mean, every, everyone for the most part's probably dealt with, with death somehow, a friend, a family member, grandparents, and you, you cry to the point where, I mean, you're just dried out the well's dry. So it's like yeah. you try to cry and there's no more tears in, in the well that come out. And I, I think to some extent, um, I'm at that point. Uh, I mean, I only had a couple real bad days. Um, the more I, I talk to people and in the first three to four days, um, what's tough, uh, a couple of days ago, just talking to my wife about the, uh, that message board where everyone's saying, Oh yeah, after that, I had my second one, like two years later. And that, and that kind of stirred things up with great. Is this what I need to look forward to? But then I look at my yeah. father who had his first heart attack at 45, the age I am now, and he just turned 70. So I, I do know there are success stories. And that was my next post in that group saying, Hey, I got all the information last time. This time I need to hear the success stories. Okay. Who was a runner, a biker, a kayaker, a hiker, and yeah. then got back to it. So then I got a bunch of posts that, oh yeah, I'm back to running five miles a day. I'm back to hiking 10 miles. I'm back to doing this. So at least I got some of that positive thing to bring in the positive emotion saying, okay, I'm not done. I can continue forward with what I'm doing. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely understand like why, you know, where your concern is coming from. And I actually had something, I was talking to someone yesterday and like, just enjoy like what you're what you're doing now with your career, whatever's going on, you'll have enough bad things to worry about later. And that kind of got me a little triggered. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then I started thinking about that. And then I realized, okay, well, the only thing I can really do, like the only thing you and I can do right now is just be present. We can't control what's going to come to a certain degree. We can control what's going to come, but a lot of things are out of our control. So the key to that for me was, okay, now I'm not being present. I checked in with myself. I'm like, okay, now I'm not being present. I'm thinking about the future. So that's giving me anxiety. And if I think about the past, right, it gives you, you get sad or depression. So when we get in that mode of like, oh my God, like, am I going to be okay two years from now? Like, am I going to have another heart attack or am I going to lose somebody close to me or whatever? We just got to be like, breathe. Okay. I'm, I got to check in. I got to come back here and now because that just means that we're not being present when we start to think about that. Because, right, if you think about it, you're thinking about a future event that hasn't even happened yet and you're stressing yourself out at the same time. Yeah, no, and, and I kind of checked myself on that, that I can't be worried about the what ifs that might happen, I mean, two, five, 10 years from now. I, I have to just worry about that. I made it through this one, I'm here now, so let's just work with, 
what we have for this point. And, and I kind of talked to my mother about it today. Um, just from the other standpoint, I mean, my, my oldest son is the age my brother was when my father had his heart attack. He's just about 16. And with both my parents and health history at any moment, I kind of accept as much as you can that at any day, that next phone call could be the phone call that you, you don't look forward to. And they, they've both gone through so many. And and my mother mentioned that she's had uh, the the crash cart in the room with her a couple of times. And uh, it's how, how do you kind of like prepare yourself for that same type of thing where my father made it to 70 years old and it, it shows that I can continue on from here and just keeping those emotions in check. I mean, I, I accept it. I mean, he's doing probably better now than he was or stability wise. He's probably better now than he was 10 years ago where we were concerned that there was only three to five years left. And, and here it is 10 years later. Um, and he kind of accepted that because I I'm seeing the emotions personally with what I'm going through now, obviously the ones for myself, the ones that you're worried about, okay, what do you, what are your kids thinking? How are they handling it? Um, and then I, I have it as I'm the child of my parents as they're both going through what they're going through. And then I can see how they're reacting to what I'm going through. And it's emotions are, they're, they're probably one of those, those mysteries of, I mean, what really controls them? I mean, cause everyone, everyone handles them different. I mean, we talk about sad movies. I mean, I kind of yeah. joke around how, and the quote unquote chick flicks that people will cry about the sappy movies and this and that. I can watch those. No problem. You put a movie like a Friday night lights or remember the Titans where a high school athlete gets hurt. I'm sobbing on the couch because I dealt with that for 15 years, coaching the high school teams. I've been yeah. in ambulance with my high school athletes. So those things choke me up. They stir me up. I mean, anything like that. I mean, the mighty ducks, I mean, I'm going to cry like a baby watching them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand how you feel. I mean, when I watch something, if somebody starts crying, I probably will start crying because I mean, if the acting is genuine and I feel like that person's being authentic, that will trigger something in me, like an empathy or compassion or if animals die. Oh my God. I can't watch movies where animals die. I cover my eyes. If I see like a cute movie where an animal dies, I will cry for like hours. It's so bad because I love animals so much. And I, as far as the emotions where you said, you know, it's a mystery. I really do feel that a big part of it is in our childhood development from when we're born till we're about like nine years old or seven years old. So for example, if I felt as a child, I, I um, was going to be judged for something, right? My parents were like, oh, you have to act a certain way when we go to someone's house, you have to be proper, you have to wear something like this. No, I'm not talking about them directly. I'm just saying as an example, when I grow older, I feel that I'm going to unconsciously give out this vibe where I'm like, oh my God, what does he think about me? What does she think about me? Like, what, what does she think about what I'm wearing? Am I being socially weird? Am I being awkward? Am I cool? So that emotion of feeling rejected or afraid of what someone else thinks or not feeling confident in myself is coming from a trigger from when I was growing up because I was absorbing that information 
even if I wasn't consciously aware of it. I think it's, it does come from your environment because I, I've always said, again, parents being divorced, I was uh, eight, nine years old um, and lived with my mother. And I've always said my emotions come more from my mother. I would say my father is now more emotional, but again, I mean, the edge of death and heart attack could probably do that to you. Um, so yeah. he shows more emotion now than he, than I remember him doing I mean, 30 years ago when I was 15 years old. Um, so I, I say I get a lot of that. And when you mentioned, like you said, being possibly I mean, picked on or for lack of a better term from your parents or questioned about how you're dressing and this and that. I was in a drugstore recently and there was a kid who was maybe four or five years old, a little boy who was crying about not getting the candy. And his father's yelling, I'm quit crying like a little girl. And again, it goes back to that stereotype or that stigmatism that girls can cry and show their emotions, but boys are supposed to be macho and not. So if that, if that little boy is constantly hounded by his father to quit crying, quote unquote, like a little girl, he's going to grow up to not show his emotions because supposedly males are not supposed to show their emotions. And then then now they're, now they're going to get bottled up to the point where he snaps or, or goes into depression or, or. Yeah. I mean, it really is important, you know, and listen, I have so much respect for parents and I know that they're learning too when they're, you know, they're in their twenties or whatever age that they decide to have kids. It's not like somebody gave you a handbook and you just had this preparation of how to be a parent. You're still human. So you're still learning what to do. So you might make mistakes and that's, that's okay. But at the end of the day, you want your child to grow up being comfortable with having emotions, whether they're male or female or whatever gender, however you like to, um, whatever you like to call yourself. I just think that, you know, I think it's important for us to be expressive because it connects us more to each other. I know for me personally, if someone's too cold to me, I tend to distance myself because I'm like, I don't know how to connect with you. If I try and I try and I try and you're just cold, I, I literally do not know what to do except to give you your space and back off and be like, you know what? If they want to come around, they'll come around. And if they don't want to come around, they're not going to come around. They don't hate you. They don't have any like, you know, negative feelings for you. I just can't engage in the space that you're in because doesn't feel good to me and I just want you to feel how you feel and give you the respect and space that you need well I can definitely see that the space thing and and with going a little beyond that I don't think it's always a like you mentioned the if there's a coldness sometimes it's just we talked about compatibility and and just connection so it doesn't necessarily mean one is right or one is wrong it just means that you don't vibe together. You don't connect. There's the compatibility is not there. I mean, kind of like going back to the the parenting thing, there is no handbook. There is no manual. There is no one size fits all. And so that that's for sure. I mean, it, what, what you did, and then even from a parent standpoint, from one kid to the next, it's not one size fits all you just because it worked no. the first one. And I think the same thing that, and sometimes it's just a compatibility. But I also think, I mean, yes, that definitely could be it. But I also feel that it's something 
if I'm being cold to you, it less likely has to do with you unless you've really pissed me off to a certain extent. It more has to do with me because I think we project a lot. I'm reading this book. It's called All Is Not Lost by this amazing author, um, Shannon Kenny Carbonell. So she basically, okay, so she was uh, an actress who wanted to make it to Hollywood. She wanted to make it big. She was from Australia and she moved to LA. She pursued her career for a while. And then, you know, she got some great shows, series, series regular on um, uh, sitcoms or TV shows. And her husband, who was more of a working actor, like he was booking really big jobs, like on Lost. And she decided to quit she was like I'm quitting acting I'm done I'm gonna focus on the kids being a mom and it broke her heart and she talks about you know the self-awareness she had she's like I would be really cold to my husband or and it was because I was feeling resentful of like his success for example and me not feeling enough and then I think at one point she got into an argument with her father and her um, mom when they were visiting them in Hawaii and I guess her father was drunk or whatever. And then he goes, what have you done with your life? And she got really triggered by that because that's how she was feeling about herself. So the way she was behaving with, with her husband and like being distant and cold and not nice to him wasn't about him. It was really about how she was feeling about herself. And that's what I mean about the coldness. It's mostly about how we feel about ourselves. But when someone acts that way towards us, we tend to take it personally thinking it's about us, but we're just, you know, like a, a boxing bag. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen, I was looking for a, a quote that I've seen before. Um, I'm seeing some similar, but I think it's, my personality is based on me. My attitude is based on, on you, where you can see that where like you said, if someone's treating you cold and you can be a little snippy back to them, it can yeah. be based on how they're acting. That's not necessarily your personality. It's how they interact with you. So you're going to interact in a different way. I think. Yeah. Definitely. You're mirroring them. And, and, and yeah, so go ahead. What, what do you do? Like you said, you mentioned the mantra, but on, on a daily, everyday, normal day, I mean, if we do have a normal anymore, um, what do you do to can keep your mo emotions in check and not have the extreme up and down? And then when you do have the extremes, what do you do to try to level yourself out and bring you back to manageable? I mean, I think I just focus on like what fulfills me, like you do with your music. I... Right now I'm pitching stuff. So I'm really engaged with, you know, like sending out the emails and that makes me feel good, even though I get exhausted and tired if someone like doesn't respond or I don't get the response that I want. I'm like, no, I got to keep going. And I just kind of go into my own zone. And then I spend time with people that I really love or my family. And that makes me feel good. I just have come to a point in my life where I'm like, okay, how does this make me feel how does it make me feel when I'm around this person? How does it make me feel like when I'm doing this? And if, if it feels good, I stick with that. And if it doesn't, I'm like, okay, well, what needs to change? I ask myself questions. I have a conversation with myself just as I would with you or with a good friend about if they're feeling a certain way. We can talk to ourselves. I know, I know like, I'm not saying like, okay, like go around walking, talking to yourself when you're outside, like going for a walk, but check in with yourself. You're right there. So 
see how you're feeling. And then when I, I mean, I have my times where I blow up. I have a pretty short, <laughs> I have a pretty short fuse. I won't lie. Um, if I get triggered or someone pisses me off or I feel like they do something, I will, if you clap at me, I'm going to clap back at you. I'm not one of those people that can be like a sitting Buddha, even though I wish I was. So then I got to, you know, be like, okay, well, what do I need to do next time? I've gotten better because I've reflected on it and I'm like, okay, I have a short fuse. What do I need to do to, to improve myself? And I have noticed, like if I, looking back like two, three years ago to now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen such an improvement in myself. Not perfect, but yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I would do. What about you? How do you, how, how do you handle it when you're, when you blow up? What do you do when you're so angry? How do you bounce back? If it's something that it's just for me to deal with, if like I'm angry about an outside thing I mean, a parent gets sick or you get bad news where it's just not an interactive thing. I, I will, like I said, I'll come in here. I'll play the music. I'll, I'll try to pull out the good. I and mean, I, I remember the day that my grandmother gave me the news about my father having a heart attack, wrong person to relay the message. Your father had a heart attack. What felt like a 10 minute pause. He's okay what felt like a 10 minute pause. It's like not the person you want giving you that, that message. Yeah. Um, and then you let it settle in kind of like with my news. Okay. I, I went to the hospital. There's no structural damage to my heart. Okay. Let's look at the positives. I'm going to be able to continue with a normal, but most likely somewhat adjusted life moving forward. There will be some changes, obviously. So I'll sit back and I try to pull the positives out of what I'm dealing with. Um, Cause there is always something positive, even in some of the most negative things. And obviously on the extreme, like we hate to say it when, when I use the example of when your sick grandfather passes away, as much as it's sad, you know, the pain is done. So it's, it's that type of thing. And, and, and even when you get to that point, you find that positive, they're no longer suffering and you try to the do that. Silver lining. Yeah. And then um, as far as the interactive person where you said you're, if someone claps at you, you're going to clap at them. Uh, I think I've, I, I like a good debate. I like when you can have a respectful debate with someone, with someone who is going to listen and not only hear their own voice where you can talk and, and, and go back and forth. And there's some times where you're going to still say, Nope, I still feel the way I feel. There's going to be other times when you say, you know what, that's a good point. I didn't really see it from that perspective. Um, I'm okay with that, but they're more, recently within the past five or even 10 years, I've gotten to the point where I don't want to clash heads with people anymore. If, if the compatibility is no longer there, I'm okay with moving in different directions. And that doesn't mean eliminating people from my life, but accepting that they might not be as big of a part of the life. And it's okay for that to happen. People grow and situations grow. And as much as it's emotional, when you will lose contact with people. I mean, I have someone who reached out to me when they heard the news of this, who we've pretty much gone our separate ways. And, and they sent me a message and they said, Hey, I hope you don't mind me checking on you, but I heard the news and I hope everything's okay. And we didn't have much dialogue back and forth, but they reached out and we, we continue. Really nice. I mean, uh, Maria got a message from a couple people and, and I appreciate those messages as, as well. But I, I, I try not to, 
to stress myself out, not to ramp up the emotions. I rather just, I, I don't want to butt heads. I mean, there, there's more things I'd rather apply my energy to than, than arguing. Way to look at it. Yeah. And you said a key word, which I think is really important is acceptance. We have to accept, or we should make the effort to accept people the way that they are without trying to change them. So like you said, you know, sometimes you grow apart and you just have to accept it for what it is and finding the positive in the situation. Okay. What I learned from this person while we were friends and then wishing them well, don't have, you know, that negative energy that you're holding on to. I mean, there are certain situations, you know, like something really hurts you or, or is malicious and intentional. That's a different situation, but for the most part, and also don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I mean, at the end of the day, people are always going to have an opinion about you and you trying to, you know, Oh, I feel bad that they think about me this way. What is that going to do for you? Okay. They have an opinion about you. You have an opinion about people too. It's none of your business. What other people think about you just do you focus on you. I remember my father saying years ago, don't ever put yourself down. There's going to be enough people in the world that are going to do it for you. So you got to exactly. be, you got to be the one person to support yourself. So with that, I mean, look for that short back and forth uh, returning to Fridays and our regular episodes coming out on Sunday nights. And I'm going to start feeling like Bob Barker when he used to do the messages. And for those of you that are old enough remembering Bob Barker and the Price is Right, he'd always mention to get your animals spayed and neutered at the end. But I'm going to tell you, get your checkups. Even if you feel okay, don't don't skip that regular checkup because I mean, that could be the last opportunity to get it. So please go out there and get your checkups. I know I have one coworker that already scheduled his doctor's appointment. My brother's supposed to be scheduling his, and if he doesn't, he's got about four to 500 listeners on his live show that are going to be on his back this weekend. So, and please go out and check it up. Uh, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages. And thank you for all the support. And personally, thank you for those that have reached out and checked on me. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.